Hello and welcome back to Paranormal Hotline, the weekly paranormal podcast where we talk about paranormal events and general spooky stuff that nearly always takes place in the US for some reason. Uh, my name's Kaylee, and this week on the podcast, we're changing things up a bit. So Michael will no longer be joining me in the podcast. Um, I wish him the best of luck with everything going forward. And it's been an insane year and a half of podcasting with him. I'm really excited to introduce you guys uh, to my new co-host on Paranormal Hotline. Uh, this is my friend, Oshin. Hello. And if you're a long-term listener, you might recognize his voice from one of our very old episodes that we did. Uh, it was, I think, our fifth episode, just after the Randonautica episode. And Oshin sent us a clip of him seeing dolphins after using the Randonautica app. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> it I'm the dolphin, dolphin guy. wasn't it? Uh, it, was, it was a whole just wild experience. Yeah, so, you know, it asks you to set your intention or what have you. Yeah. What you're going on your, your quest for. And uh, I was with a group of people and we were like, hmm, what will we do? And it's like, we don't want anything, like, to, to you know, to, to mess us up. So we're like, oh, let's just, you know, we're <laughs> artists. We're going to go, we're going to go... Uh, in search of beauty and so like you know I, I was skeptical i was like okay what's this you know like will it just be like you know oh because my head is kind of thinking that way i'm going to see oh there's some lovely flowers this and that no it, yeah. it dropped us a point that was like out in the middle of an ocean oh well <laughs> just just off a cliff and we're like okay let's see how close we can get at least we ended up going up through like a field that was just full of these wild roaming horses and like that was pretty beautiful in and of itself just like not necessarily horses but like this whole situation but then when we got out onto the edge of this cliff and stared at where the point was then we just saw like a pod of dolphins like jumping in and out of the water and That's i said really i didn't cool. want to get messed up but like it it, it, <laughs> it was a strange it's situation. weird though isn't it but you went for something like you went for you <laughs> see you put the word in like beauty and we set our intention yeah. to death <laughs> <laughs> you were playing it safe i was like nah man <laughs> go straight into the deep end um, yeah, but this week's episode is not really ghost-related, more so alien conspiracy-related, which is Excellent. really weird because uh, I had really bad trouble last week trying to record this episode. My laptop kept crashing, my internet went, uh, both my PCs just stopped working. I couldn't get it working on anything. And it got to you. the stage where I tried to record it on my computer, and then the audio got corrupted, and it was just, it was weird, man. Um, but it's pretty strange when you hear what the topic of the story is. So it's pretty much confirmed that the US government has been had like a lot of interest in UFOs and alien sightings. And we've heard many cases that involved like Project Blue Books. And we've had lots of episodes on UFO encounters from like Barney and Betty Hill to the Hopskinville Goblins. And the US government is always involved in them. And like I would say every single one of them. Or at least it was claimed that they were. Whoever was there said that they saw an agent or there's records of the blue book cases but we can assume that the u.s government has also been responsible for the stigma around alien sightings too because like we know recently that like lots of information has come out about documents and stuff that the government has then they've come forward and said they don't know what these things are so we can assume that they were yeah. involved in this all along and they were creating that stigma like many people in the military and the air force don't come forward with their claims until after they retire because it's almost like it affects their careers like i'm pretty sure there's some people in the u.s military that if they do ever come forward there's like a couple of thousand dollar fine and you get two years imprisonment for even just saying the word ufo yeah like good luck pr getting promoted yeah exactly like, or, you're or stuck you're stuck at the, the bottom of the ladder yeah how does or how did 
the American government stop people from coming forward about their alien claims? Well, in a lot of these cases, many people claim to have received a sh visit shortly after they come forward with their claims. And these visits are often very strange. Some of the visits are actually stranger than the UFO sightings to begin with. And I am, of course, talking about the men in black. So this whole episode is about the men in black. And last like, week like when I tried to record this, all my equipment shut down. My internet, everything went. So I just thought that was super weird. They know what's up. Will Smith is coming <laughs> yeah. for you. Yeah, right? I hope not. Based on some of these stories, I really, really hope not. Because they're, they're just so weird. Uh, but most people know the men in black because of the movies, you know, featuring like Will Smith and they battle ET visitors and they protect Earth from alien life and stuff. Yeah, that's and definitely what I heard growing up. And they were kind of always definitely the good guys in those movies, I'm pretty sure. But yeah, they pretty much that's were. something I'm skeptical about. <laughs> Actually, was it ever mentioned in those movies why they didn't want us to know about aliens? Uh, oh, it's been so long since I've watched them. I don't remember. And when I say them, I think I've only watched maybe the first and a half. Yeah, yeah, I barely remember the rest of them. Except for the time travel one. Um, I just remember the dogs and the weird alien looking dudes, really. But there must have yeah. been some reason why they didn't want us to know. So before we get into the stories, guys, if you're enjoying the podcast, uh, please consider leaving us a review wherever you listen to it. Uh, it really helps us out and it only takes a couple of seconds. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter as well or on Spotify. And that also really helps us out and helps boost our numbers. So today in the podcast, we're going to be looking at some of the origins of the Men in Black and take a look at why these visits are so bizarre and what the motive might be for these strange men. To begin with, what I'm going to be taking you through is the first ever appearance of the Men in Black, or at least the first ever reported visit from them. So this is the first person who ever received a visit from the Men in Black. So our story begins with a man named Harold Dahl. Same last name as Roald Dahl, actually. And this is all the way back in June 27th, 1947. Harold Dahl was on a conservation mission on the Puget Sound near the eastern shore of Washington's Moray Islands. So they were gathering logs when he saw six donut-shaped obstacles hovering about half a mile away from his boat. And before long, one of them fell nearly 1,500 feet, followed by raining metallic debris. Apparently it was like molten waste that fell from this thing. Hmm. And some of it actually hit Dahl's son, Charles, on his arm. Uh, and some of it also fell on the family dog, who actually died from it. Oh, no. Like, I don't think I would ever stop hunting aliens if they killed my dog. Like, they're so lucky they didn't hit, like, John Wick's dog or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Extraterrestrial <laughs> John Wick. Yeah. <laughs> I want to watch that now. That'll be That's good. part five. It's like Mario, you know, when Mario went into outer space, John Wick's <laughs> got to go to outer space now. Uh, but Dal was able to take some pictures of the aircrafts with his camera, um, which he later showed to his supervisor, Fred Chrisman. And he was like a skeptic, so he went back to the scene with him and he actually saw the crafts for himself with his own eyes. So the following morning, Dal was visited by a man in a black suit. This is the first time it's ever come up. And they ended up at a local diner where the man was able to recount in extraordinary detail what Dal had just experienced. So he knew what he had experienced. He told him what he experienced before he got a chance to explain what had happened. What I've said is proof to you that I know a great deal more about this experience of yours than you will want to believe. And the man told Dal that if he ever spoke about the incident, then bad things would happen to him. And after a few years, Dal and Crimson actually came forward and said the entire thing was a hoax. Uh, but then years later, they recanted that, saying that it, they were forced to confess under duress. Hmm. They had his next dog. <laughs> I mean, like, how do you make that up? You're, you know, your dog's body's burnt to bits from molten lava fell from the sky. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be making anything up about a dog dying. No, me neither. Me neither. 
And his son's arm was burnt too. He still has the burns on his arm. Yeah, so that's the first ever Men in Black story. Well, technically he was a man in black. It was only one of them. And it's very mm-hmm. typical for how like Men in Black stories go. Like usually they just show up. They tell them not to say anything. And then the person comes forward and says, this weird man visited me. <laughs> that must <laughs> be pretty always. creepy. You're seeing yeah. something weird and someone, you know, recounting it to you and going like, don't say anything. It's like yeah. the fear, but so much worse. Yeah. You'd wonder, like, yeah, how many people have seen something and then never, ever come forward? <laughs> how, yeah. how common is the man in black that we only hear, like, some people who come forward and actually say what happened? Because I don't think I would. If somebody came to me and said, You're, you didn't see anything, I'd be like, okay, that's not worth dying no, for. Especially if they, like, you know, start mentioning, your, like, you know, they're going to harm your family or anything. So I'm going to tell you this next story, and I think you're going to love it because it's just so bizarre. And I had never heard it before. So I've told that first story just to kind of give us a bit of context on who the Men in Black were and the first ever story of it. But this one is about a man called Dr. Hopkins, Dr. Herbert Hopkins. And Dr. Hopkins was working as a consultant on a UFO case in Maine. So he was just working as a consultant on... See, like nowadays people can actually talk about these things. But back then you weren't allowed to even investigate UFOs or anything like that. So one evening he receives a phone call from someone purporting to be an activist for the UFO community, asking him if he could visit Hopkins to discuss the case. And only minutes later the man arrived. So he was pretty much waiting outside. This guy got a phone call and was like, hey, can I come in? Can I come talk to you? And then got a knock on the door like a minute later. Yeah. But this man was wearing a black suit and had a black tie. And he had very unusual facial appearance. So he had no hair or eyebrows and he was an extremely pale figure. So Hopkins' dog began immediately barking erratically the minute the man entered the home. After the bizarre visitor was finished questioning him about the UFO case, the visit got strange. So here's how it went according to the newspaper, The Night Sky. This is just weird. This is so weird. I can't wait to tell you. So the man in black informed Hopkins that there were two coins in Hopkins' pocket, which was correct. So he told him, you have two coins in your pocket. And he was like, yeah, I actually do. And he was asked to remove one. So Hopkins complied and he held a coin out. It was a shiny penny in the palm of his hand. And the man in black told Hopkins to watch the coin closely. And after a few moments, the coin took on a silvery appearance and then appeared to be going out of focus. And then it began to fade and eventually disappeared altogether. So he just spirited away this coin in this man's hand. What? <laughs> yeah, it just disappeared. <laughs> like it went, out of fo- went silvery, went out of focus and disappeared. So the man in black told Hopkins that the coin would never be seen on this plane again. (laughs) All right. He then inquired as to whether Hopkins was familiar with the alleged UFO abductee Barney Hill. That was one of the, that was actually the first episode we ever did. Barney and his wife were abducted and they were like one of the first people to ever come forward. And I think Betty, Betty said that she was shown a map where the aliens lived and it was Zeta Reticuli. There was this huge dump of information and, um, He was asked if he knew anything about Barney Hill, and Hopkins replied that he had heard of Hill, but was under the impression that he had died in the not-too-distant past. So the man in black informed Hopkins that he was correct. Barney didn't have a heart, he said, just like you no longer have a coin. (laughs) That's a threat. So he spirited away Barney Hill's heart from his chest. (laughs) What? What? Yeah, he made this guy's coin disappear. To give him the threat that he could just make his heart disappear just as easy. That that that's fight and talk, you know. That like, but like really low key fight and talk. Yeah. Uh, the man in black gently suggested that Hopkins destroy any material he had related to the UFO case. So Hopkins gently 
like he was he was obviously shaken by the encounter and he followed the advice (laughs) yeah exactly and he burned all the documents he had related to the case yeah and then for a while afterwards he was having like phone phone troubles and he phoned the company and they actually said that his line was tampered with so to make of that what you will (laughs) I don't know why a man who can spirit away a heart needs to tamper a phone line I feel like he could just remotely listen to you where does the power stop like uh, maybe that's it. Maybe they, they, they need power everywhere. But it kind of raises the question, like, did, is this a US government agent or is like this an alien? Because it sounds like it's an alien. There's no hair on his face. He's deathly pale, wearing a suit to try and like, like, like I feel if an alien came to Earth and it was like, right, I got to wear human clothes. The first thing they'd pick is a suit, right? Yeah. Because it kind of fits in any situation, really. Yeah. And they've definitely Almost like- any situation they've definitely seen it and especially if you know if they've just shown up here and they all they have is like signals we've sent out they would have gotten those at an earlier time when everyone was wearing suits more com- uh, often yeah so but like, it's suits like that have also like been in in for so long now well the past hundred years at least that people could just they're, wear they're timeless a similar kind of suit and get away with it so I feel like they just yeah. have emergency suits on their ships <laughs> like, these are the space suits these are the earth suits <laughs> <laughs> There's Bernie Hill's heart. Uh, what plane did he send it to, too? Like, what's, like where? Where did the it go? Realm. Does that mean there's another there's another dimension somewhere where somebody's sitting, like, on a table or something, having their dinner, and Bernie Hill's heart just materializes onto the table? Yeah, maybe. What's for dessert? This penny. <laughs> or a penny, yeah. I feel like that's less suspicious, though, but a human heart? Where did they put that? That's just... Do you know how many people are waiting on a list for heart transplants? What a waste of a good heart. So you've heard of this little movie. Uh, it's a small one from the 80s called um, Ghostbusters. Nah, yeah, no. I... So what if I told you that one of the Ghostbusters was actually visited by the Men in Black? Okay, go on. So, you know Dan Aykroyd? Yeah. Uh, he was actually making a documentary series about UFOs. And he had a lot of stuff that wasn't, co- like, that was kind of being uncovered in the show. Again, this is in the 90s. And you couldn't really talk about aliens back then without being labeled a total lunatic like you were just crazy if you believed in aliens yeah but I think that's also maybe part of what they do what the men in black do yeah there's definitely the creation of that stigma is also part of the cover up so he had like in this documentary he'd be in contact with like ex-military and there was a load of stuff that was going to be released he was going to release this series all about it when this happened the last show the last show we did I had both Bassett who uh, has the, the UFO time clock and then Greer, both Bassett and Greer were there. They were my two guests for the day. Well, the show was canceled that afternoon. And um, I was outside. In, before I knew it was canceled, in between the interviews, I was outside and Britney Spears called me because she wanted to, me to appear on Saturday Night Live with her. And so I picked up, I was outside having a cigarette. The phone rang. Uh, I, I, oh, Brittany, how you doing? Oh, sure, of course I will. I turned away like this. I turned back and there was a black Ford across the road, a black Ford sedan. And I, I was trying to look at the plate and the plate seemed kind of like fuzzy. And I was, you know, definitely a police car. And two guys were there and a big, big, tall guy got out of the back seat. And he stood in the street on, um, on 42nd Street it was. We, we were at 42nd Street and 8th Avenue. And he looked right at me. And literally, I mean, I was on the phone. Hey, oh, sure, of course I'd love the show. Saw the Ford, went back like this, turned back like a half second later, and it was gone. And that car did not go past me. It did not make a U-turn because I would have seen 42nd Street. I would have seen that thing take a U-turn and go away. 
That car vanished. That car was a cloaked vehicle of some type. And whether this was like a warning to me, because the guy got out of the back seat, gave me a real dirty look. That car vanished. I know what I saw. And, uh, you know, I, I, it, was, it was just this fast. It was, oh, hi, Brittany, sure. Oh, of course, I'd love to. Guy gives me a dirty look. Oh, well, sure. Car gone. That's what happened. And uh, then two hours later, uh, we were told we were not to continue taping, and the show was cancelled, and none of them would air. That's a bit mad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's it. Uh, to be honest, like that whole story seems like he just wanted to talk about how Britney Spears phoned him. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, he he no longer has a show, just like Bernie Hill no longer has a heart. Yeah, there's someone in another plane, and they have a show, uh, and a heart, and a coin. <laughs> They have a, a guy who gives them dirty looks, uh, a show, a heart, <laughs> and a coin. That's cursed. Yeah. That's super cursed. So what do you think? What do you think? Do you think it's like, um, <laughs> and do you think it's the U.S. government and they have this technology and they're using it to cover up things, or do you think it's aliens coming to shut people up, or do you think it's all bullshit? It's a mixture of all three, maybe. It depends. It really depends what you're going for. Um, aliens, uh, if they are here. Uh, I don't know why they'd want to encounter us. So that's kind of... I'd understand why they would cover themselves up. The government, they have reasons, I suppose. And they also, like, you know, they probably have technology from crashed, like, UFOs that they can cloak stuff with, which which they would want to hide anyway because that's, like, you know, information war. That's, like, technology war. They want to be yeah. more advanced than everyone. So they've got yeah, reason yeah. there. And then also people just like to make stuff up sometimes. <laughs> but it's I'd so I'd really weird, like, like to see the show that he was working on. Yeah, yeah, that'd but be interesting gone. too. It's so weird because like it's only even in the past like two years, since twenty twenty, that people can actually come forward and say they've seen things. Like there's a guy um on a show that I watched recently and he's former like he used to work on UFO cases for the UK government and he's come forward and he's not said everything that they they've experienced or he can't say everything, but he's pretty much come forward and said, Yeah, we don't know what these things are these are the cases like there's no explanation whatsoever it has to be extraterrestrial and like that wouldn't have happened even five years ago it's kind of funny and a little bit sad that like you know people are making these wild claims like that and i don't i don't mean claims like you know oh uh, a skeptical <laughs> claim but it's like in 2020 it's not the weirdest thing the men in black thing is still so weird to me though because like if it is Amer like if it is the government like why do they look so weird why do they have no hair like, there's so many people who report them saying they have no facial hair and they're really pale. And I think there's even, like, a video of them on surveillance footage where it does look like they have no hair at all. Like I don't know, maybe it has, maybe it has to do with, like, the cloaking. Like <laughs> the, the cloaking maybe, burns maybe their hair off. <laughs> it burns their hair off, or maybe they can only cloak, like, living matter. So, like, you know, your hair is dead. Yeah, but your skin is living matter. Your fingernails. That's the same yeah, well, minute, the, the, the same fingernails thing. would kind of... Yeah, I don't know. I'm just... <laughs> I'm speculating. But, like, it's just weird. Like, why hasn't the US government... Like, like there's, there hasn't been any men in black cases in recent years. This is mostly stuff that happened in the 80s and the 90s and before that even. But most recent ones are usually in the in the early 2000s or in the late 2000s even. Um, I often wonder if they're, like, testing the waters lately. Like, they release a lot of footage. They allow people to independently investigate this stuff. Mm. They, like... They never would have done that 10 years ago. But I also wonder if it has anything to do with, like, maybe SpaceX or something, because SpaceX has almost outlapped NASA. And it's taken, like, space exploration from the government's hands and it's kind of running, being run by, like, normal-ish people. 
Like not normal, but <laughs> what? Not, Normal-ish. Not not Elon Musk. I'm not talking about him. I'm talking about people who actually run the <laughs> science-based yeah, yeah. part of it. They're not government agents. They're they're independently hired. So like, is it only a matter of time before they start experiencing things in space, or something starts coming at them, and it won't be covered up anymore? Like they won't be able to cover it up. Yeah, definitely. The more people that make it to space, and kind of the more sort of ways of getting to space there is like if there is like a cover-up the, there'll be more cracks in that yeah like buzz aldrin i'm pretty sure buzz aldrin came forward and said that he believes in aliens and he thinks they're visiting us and stuff not that he's like even much of a scientist he's just kind of like this manly no, man who's been, picked for the space he's a man race. who's been to the moon yeah 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 i mean i can't discredit him either but like he he punched a guy in the face for saying the moon moon landing was fake did you see that I- I love it. I love it's it so, so much. Good. He's actually such a champ. He's like so old as well, and he just he boxed that guy. A killer hook. <laughs> yeah. So, what do you think? Do you think the Men in Black real or not real? Or do I you think, think like to an extent they're real, but they can't spirit away your heart? Yeah, I I wouldn't go down the route of saying that they have. They might have special equipment, but I don't think. I'm more inclined to think that they would be government agents. Yeah. Um, and so you'd, they you'd either have more it. like Dan Aykroyd's account of cloaking yeah. cars or something rather than or, or whatever way hairless. like you know some sort of way of hiding in plain sight definitely yeah uh, it, it, as opposed to you know it being like uh, you know it's not magical I like to think it just it took off vertically like it went up the way he said it didn't pass him he didn't say it went didn't go over him no I think it could be some maybe an advanced camouflage in that specific case but I think ultimately it's like maybe they're government agents they work for the government and you know they don't want people knowing too much. Um, yeah, so this episode really is just a taster of who the Men in Black are and what their purpose was. Uh, there is so, so much more to uncover. But that's all we really have time for this week. Uh, maybe we'll go over the Men in Black in more detail another time. But I hope you guys enjoyed that. And if you'd like to support the podcast, the best way you can do that is to leave us a review wherever you listen to it. And you can follow us, like I said earlier, on Spotify and Twitter. Um, yeah, I think I know what the next episode's gonna be because it, <laughs> it kind of came up in this episode. But I'm gonna—I think I'm gonna do a full episode on it. I don't know. Uh, I think you're gonna oh, love it. Excellent! I look forward to it. All right, thanks for joining us, guys, and we'll see you next week. Hopefully, you know, if we don't get a visit. All right, bye.